Tengo el alma enamorada, no más de pensar. Yo solo quiero pegar en la radio. Welcome back to South of the A. As many of you may already know, here at South of the A, we care very much about border issues and the culture around it, which is why I'm very happy to announce that today's episode is an interview with Jacqueline and James. They are co-directors of the Water Drop Program for Border Kindness. Honestly, this was an amazing conversation. Not only was it fun, but I learned a lot, and I hope you guys do as well. Uh, please check them out in their social medias. They mentioned it at the end of the episode. Um, but also check out Border Kindness, the program that they're affiliated with. Uh, they do amazing work, not just here in San Diego, but in Mexicali and, and TJ. Um, that'll be our enemy body for today. So please, please check them out. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the podcast? So um, I'm Jacqueline Arellano. I'm um, one of the directors of the Water Drop Program for Border Kindness. And I'm James Cordero, and I'm also the co-director of the Water Drop Program, along with Jacqueline. All right. Um, can we go ahead and start with um, how did this path of like humanitarian work at the border start for you guys? You could take that question together or individually. I'm not sure where your experiences started or where it all sort of sparked. So I got started um, just attending a water drop. So I'm actually from the Imperial Valley. So I'm from the desert region that we um, support with supplies. And so I was always aware throughout my whole upbringing of, I mean, obviously the border, but like also the fact that people die on the border yeah. and that people die crossing. And um, like, I think a lot of people that are from that region, it's sort of like the backdrop of the region. And it's sort of, we were just talking about that this morning. It's so close to you that you don't see it. Right. And it sort of wasn't until, yeah, no, it's just kind of like a part of life. And, and it sounds horrible to say that, like, the fact that people are dying in, like, the backyard of, like, so many people's communities there is a fact of life, but that, that's border living. And the whole time that I was growing up there, it was something that, like, was a fact of life that maybe I took for granted. And then I left, you know, I left um, to go to college, to go work and everything, and it was in... 2016 that I saw that the water drops were going on I had never seen anything like that I just saw like a Facebook post and um, I saw where they were and it's sort of the perspective that I'd gained as an adult of how um, abnormal and cruel and violent um, everything that I had witnessed and everything that you know I'd been aware of as a kid was um and I felt really pulled to doing my part and attending so it was March of 2016 that I attended a water drop for the first time and it just left a really big impression on me um and I just kept coming out and it was that same year I believe it was October of 2016 um the water drop director at the time Jonathan Yost um he had put out a call on Facebook and said like hey we need people to lead these routes um and it was like I think he put out like three different Facebook posts and nobody was responding because he put out like this is something that like we really appreciate about what Jonathan like his example that he led is that he said we're looking for people that have a direct connection to this cause 
So like family that crossed or you crossed or something. He wanted to center people from the community. And so he put out a call, said like people that have a direct connection to this cause, um, reach out, we need route leaders. And then finally, like on the third time, he's like, I can't believe nobody's answering. Um, if we don't have a route leader, supplies aren't gonna go out to the desert and people are gonna die straight up. And that hit me because, you know, my dad crossed, like I said, I'm from out there. And so me with zero hiking experience, zero outdoors experience, just contacted him and I said, I'd do it. And I just kept doing it. And I just kept doing it and kept doing it, kept coming out, kept leading routes, kept learning more. And then just whole life changed hundred um, percent. Whole focus of life changed hundred percent. And um, not too long after that, Jonathan approached me about becoming the director of the program. Um, so felt really honored and um, felt a responsibility in that sense as well. So, I mean, everything since then has been hectic and amazing and life-changing, but yeah, that's kind of like roughly how it all started. Um, really unexpected. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was a little different. I mean, kind of in the same that, you know, I saw a post on Facebook. This was a couple months after Jacqueline had gone to her first water drop and I've, you know, been hiking for years. So like that was my experience hiking outdoors was, you know, everywhere except for the desert. So when I saw like this video that a news company put out that came with them, it came out with uh, the organization at the time was Border Angels. Uh, that's where we first started. We're no longer with them, but the news organization came out with Border Angels on a water drop and I watched the video and I'm like, oh man, like this was like, real close to where I'm from. I mean, you know, from San Diego, born, raised, still am in City Heights. So it's like, that has, you know, the the story of crossing, you know, is, you know, big in, in the neighborhood, you know, because people, a lot of people from the neighborhood or in the neighborhood, like, you know, have crossed or their parents crossed, grandparents and such. But I didn't really know too much of that. And so I just wanted to get out in the desert and hike for the first time, but like in a group setting, because I've hiked in the mountains and all over the place, but like in the desert was like never a thing. Cause you know, you see on TV that like, you know, the desert's all, you know, like just like nothing out there. Right. And right. like, well, I don't know if I'm going to hike out there by myself. And I didn't really hike in big groups or anything like that at the time. So, uh, you know, seeing this opportunity, I went out there, took a chance with it. It was one of the hottest days of the year in june of 2016 and we were only out there for like maybe two hours at the most and one of the volunteers along that day she was having uh, like heat exhaustion issues eyes starting to roll back in her head couldn't even like stand up was fainting stuff like that just from being out there a couple hours in the heat so no one at the time really seemed to know like what they're doing so my friend that came with me that day we helped this person out helped stabilize her and make sure that you know it, she didn't get heat stroke and um, while we were driving home, you know, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, discussing, you know, what happened and the experience and everything like that. And we're thinking like, okay, we're only out here for two hours and people are having like heat issues. Like what happened to people that are like days or weeks on end? And I had, you know, this is at the time there was like one water drop a month. And so like the next month I already had plans set to go hiking out of town. But August of 2016, uh, I came back. Every month after that, I came back 
in um, November of 2016. I kind of jumped in to, to lead a route because the route leader like didn't really know too much like what was going on. Doesn't, you know, didn't know the outdoors, didn't know maps, stuff like that. And, um, you know, started to get the group kind of lost. And so I, I jumped in to help out. And then the next month, asked to lead. Uh, the following month after that, asked to lead like the harder routes, like that would take like less people out, but like go further and, and deeper into the, the canyons where, you know, supplies need to be even more. And then after Jacqueline, you know, was the director, um, I started working with her to strategize and, you know, logistics and stuff like that. And, you know, she brought me on to be a co-director. We've been doing it ever since. It's been, you know, over six years now that we're doing it. We're now with a new organization. As of uh, April 1st, we're, you know, we moved our water drop program to Board of Kindness, and that's where we're at now. And uh, at the end of this month, um, our baby will be one years old, and we met doing water drops. So now our daughter has a future already kind of laid out for her if she wants. Yeah. If she wants. <laughs> if she's going to learn a lot. Yeah. Now, like you mentioned, I mean, um, the border crossing and immigration as in general, especially for a border town like San Diego or anything along it, it's so, well, you mentioned it, right? It's like a white noise. We all see it. We all feel it. For some reason, a lot of people try to ignore it or they see it as just another, right? This otherism of like, well, there's nothing I can do. But you know, programs like yours definitely prove that there is a little bit that you can do, whether it's a donation or volunteering. I mean, you guys clearly have a diverse set of skills, right? Whether it's the outdoors or logistically or whatever it is. I mean, Jacqueline, you went in, it, into it with like no hiking experience, right? It was like, honestly, if I saw somebody come out in the like condition that I was in, like no August, because I was on the August 2016 route two we didn't know each other at the time it was so hot and I had no hat I was wearing chucks I was wearing a tank top with like no sun protection no bandana nothing I just showed up and I had like no backpack I just showed up like just me I I had no understanding of the outdoors and that's kind of how we started working together because like you know this program had been put in my responsibility but I didn't have like the outdoor knowledge and so I kept going to James and then we started working together. We got closer. I mean, now, you know, we have a family together, um, but it was, it was really like that calling yeah. because of being from the border. But I don't think if I had ever taken space away from my community that I would have felt that call because I think I still would have been too close to it to really see like the violence for what it was. You know, I think you need like, like the perspective that comes from growing up or like the perspective that comes from other life experiences, at least for me, that's what it was, you know, and and I talk to people about it and it's exactly what you say. Like, they're like, well, what are we supposed to do? Or like, that's just how it is. Or, um, and it's understandable because like, you have to cope one way or another. If you're, if you're seeing something that's just really violent, really unjust, um, really, um, all the words that we can use to describe border violence like you know the human beings are adaptable and so we adapt by normalizing things and i think that that's what happens yeah unfortunately it is it is unfortunately super normalized and things as as soon uh sorry things as simple as um water drops right like you mentioned the heat in the desert gets insanely high and a lot of people may not realize that 
this isn't a, oh, wow, you crossed, you made it, you're done. Like you've stepped on soil and you're done, right? This is a days long, weeks long journeys for a lot of people. People get lost. I mean, their leaders might get lost. There's a lot that goes into it. People may not realize that that water drop or that supply drop may be the difference of just surviving. Whether they even make it over to the US and have a life or whatever, maybe they just need one. At that point, they probably just want to survive. And that's really mm -hmm. why your program, you know, besides, I mean, you could say that it may be political or it's really just humanitarian. You're there for the survival of people, for the prolonging of life. And, you know, people don't cross the border because they, they think it's um, safe, right? They, they go in knowing the consequences, maybe not all of them, but they know it's dangerous. So, you know, what you guys do is important. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, you, you might have gone in with no experience, but it's that will to do it or that need calling. You really can't teach someone. I mean, uh, with the experience that James has, I feel like those sort of things are skills that can be taught, right? Maybe even with the checklist, yeah. like, hey, make sure you bring good shoes, sunblock, a hat, and things like that, you know? And it's good to have that sort of leadership in the program. But sometimes that will is probably what um, might be hard to teach or get from people. How have you um, dealt with the volunteers that come along? Is it a lot of numbers at once? Is it pretty scattered? What's your experience with that? Well, the way things used to be, uh, kind of like pre-pandemic, yeah. um, we would take out, I mean, anywhere from like 75 to 100 people in about like, you know, four to six groups. So we kind of like try to space up between like 15 to 20 people per group. Mm -hmm. And like we would just meet up at one big spot, everybody show up to like a little desert town, you know, take a group photo, grab snacks, go to the, the restroom and then just split off all in separate ways. Yeah. But with the pandemic, um, there's too much risk with having large groups like that, especially when we would uh, you know encourage people to carpool at that time, like strangers to carpool and like get to know each other. Like you can't do that, you know, especially when the pandemic hit and everything was so like unknown and uncertain. So we took our like most experienced group members from the, the previous years and we just like reached out to them like, hey, like y'all already do this for us. Like y'all either like lead routes or, or like a safety monitor like watches out for people and helps people and support during the route. And we said, hey, like y'all wanna come out with us. We're gonna keep doing this. Even though, you know, we were told, you know, to hey, like, we got to stop this program, shut it down, no volunteers. And we're like, you know, we can't do that. There's people dying. There's still going to be people dying. There's going to be an increased amount of people dying. And, you know, unfortunately, we had the foresight on that. But we also saw this thing, like, really, like, a, a strong need that we had to keep doing what we're doing. And we started, you know, the first, you know, pandemic water drop, the first Rona drop, as we called it. Mm -hmm with uh, what, like seven people eight people max yes and it was so scary because everybody nobody even wanted to be like around everybody yeah. was so spaced out we have this picture of us like standing in the street like Six 10 feet, feet apart <laughs> yeah. like yeah everybody drove separately in their own cars like nobody rode together like masked like scared to even like talk to each other but like we had that knowledge that we couldn't yeah. stop doing this no matter what because we didn't know what this thing was yet yeah unfortunately with you know Title 42 stopping people from coming, you know, being able to come across the border and then MPP where people had to stay in Mexico. They were trying to, you know, apply for asylum and everything like that. We knew that people weren't going to want to stay like in shelters and that things were going to get bad with either, you know, violence from locals or cartels or just 
you know, health risks. So we knew that people were going to take to the deserts in higher numbers. And we've seen a lot more crossing. We've seen a lot more consumption of supplies. We've seen a lot more, you know, traces of travel. We've ran into more people. Like it's... It's been intense. And last year, unfortunately, like the foresight was right, like James said, and last year was the um, highest number of deaths recorded on the border ever. So um, it was really crucial that we stay out there. And um, we've had to really change a lot of things about the program in order to no matter what, keep it going um, through the pandemic. So um, like James said, it was like our most experienced people that stayed on and then we sort of like we just called it like all right so here's like the the leader drops or like whatever that's how it was in the beginning of the pandemic and then we're like okay let's have homie drops so like everybody that's in your um what are they calling it like a pod like (laughs) in the beginning of the pandemic everybody in your pod like that you feel comfortable with that you can vouch for them like that like people that we knew the people that they knew that they could vouch from that these are like strong hikers that these are people so at that time, like our priority shifted to like, hey, we need strong hikers. We need people that can get out there because we need to keep this thing going. And then it also changed to like, with a lot of things with COVID, like who has the privilege of like having this time off and a lot of like yeah. Yeah. people weren't able to come out with us anymore because they live with family, you know, our communities like live multi-generationally. So like, a lot of people like basically stopped coming and, and and it's been like this big shift and like this evolution of like just keeping this thing going no matter what and um credit james i haven't been out in the desert because you know um was basically been on maternity leave had our daughter and everything um been handling like administrative stuff like here um but james has really like gone it's been everyday effort to keep this thing going at the level that it's needed since COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and it's important work and it's, it's very crucial to keep things running. And, you know, it, it has to be at this, you know, unfortunately it has to be at this high level of performance and we have to push ourselves because if we don't, we know what the alternative is. Yeah. And we've seen it like, we've seen it happen like in the last two years the numbers are going up and you know i keep an eye all the time on the areas like that we cover like i'm always paying attention to how many rescues are in that area or like whenever deaths are reported and you know just try to stay on it all the time i mean we're you know always you know working on logistics trying to figure out where you know where we got to go back and in what order and so many things go into like the planning of, you know, who's coming yeah. out that week and yeah. where, you know, the hiking abilities of everyone and, you know, just, ha- you know, can we get these vehicles with this many people to this area or to, like need to be four by four shuttled in? Like, how can we do things? And so it's, it's a always, you know, constant work and it's evolving work at the same time. But as long as you care about the cause and, you, you know, you're connected with it, then it's, you know, it, it's, it's a little stressful times, but it just becomes a part of your everyday life. But I wanted to go back to like what you were, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 you're, 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 go for it. You guys are doing so I wanted to go back to like what you were saying, because like, we're trying to take it now full circle, like, because like yeah. what you were saying, like that, that can't be taught. Yeah, that like yeah. will, that like connection, that like deep it's in your bones kind of thing. Like that can't be taught. 
now that I'm not saying COVID is any better, but like now that it's apparently here to stay, like, and we have to like move within this new like world, um, we're making like a really conscious effort now to go back to our roots as a program, you know, from where like I was brought in and they said people with a direct connection to this cause, like to the front and stand up, you know, we're making a, a really conscious shift in that direction to like connect with people in the community again and be like okay hey maybe you don't have that hiking experience maybe you don't have like a bunch of gear we're gonna be doing like gear drives we're gonna be doing boot drives and that kind of thing because like that stuff's expensive and sometimes people don't have like hundreds of dollars like to invest in coming out to see if like something's for them so that's like our next phase is you know, like on the 23rd of this month, we have the first, what we're calling like the intro water drop. So like, I'm going to lead, James is going to lead like this introductory that's not so, so, so hardcore and physically. So people can come and see what it's about and see if it's for them. And we can answer any questions and that kind of thing. So we've got like a pretty solid group that's volunteered for this month on the 23rd. And the goal is to make it every month. Like, so people that have that kind of apprehension, like I had a table out in Chicano Park last week um, at the, it was like Mujeres Revolucionarias. Um, and the number one thing I heard was like, I don't hike though. Like, how hard is it? I'm scared, you know? I'm like, we've got you, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out together. But like the most important thing is that you want to do this and you feel this, you know? So we're, that's like the next phase, I think of the program. Yeah, as long as people can walk, you know, and, and carry a little bit of weight on their packs, like everything else can kind of be, you know, shown and taught and given understanding and, you know, how to navigate in this type of environment as a lot of us, you know, we're all first timers at some point as well. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it also has to do with the proper coordination and a good leadership, right? Like if you know you can keep your pack safe, then people might be less apprehensive to be like, well, what if I get stuck out there, right? Like that's that's definitely one of the things that came to my mind seeing programs like this. It's like, yeah, I'd love to help, right? But then I have to be honest with myself and think like, well, can I do this? You know, mm -hmm. and, and the pictures looked amazing and it looks like you guys are definitely doing very important work. But then that I'm sure for a lot of people is in the back of their heads, like, well, can like can I do this? But it sounds it sounds really good to know that um that this is taken into consideration. Right. Because like we mentioned the will to do it is what you can't teach. Right. Like you can't yeah. drill it into people's heads. It, it comes from within. Um, but it, those introductory uh, hikes that you mentioned, I feel like they're definitely going to be helpful for people that do want to just check it out. Right. Like they maybe have yeah. running shoes and some gear, but they're like, hey, maybe this will you know, define the rest of my life, right? Or it's if someone else asked them about it, like, well, maybe it wasn't for me, but this could work for you and kind of right that way. Right. It's just something like for people to, and, and sometimes like people have this, like, even if it doesn't become something that's part of their, like, you know, every day or every month life, yeah. it's sort of, um, it's, it's sometimes like what, what we've noticed and I've experienced and you know, a lot of us have gone through is that like, it is a full circle thing because this is something that's in our family history and, and, and our families sometimes that have crossed, like I hear this over and over again. And this was my experience with my own father was like, it doesn't get talked about. Oh, no. Like, you know, your family members cross, but like, nope. they don't talk about it and you don't ask about it. 
And so it's sort of like this hole in your family history. And it can be very healing to come and, and, and put and give back in the desert that like, you know, is part of your history, but you don't know to what extent and you don't really know how. So that's something that I think like we want to, to open that up again for people because it can be very healing. It can be, you know, sometimes people bring their parents who crossed. Um, and, and it's just one of those things like of going back to like our program roots while still definitely operating at that high level to get supplies to like these really remote places like that's going to continue but we want to like somehow bring balance to that so we can yeah. um have both something yeah. that happened yesterday which was kind of cool is we had a, a few new people come out and like their parents have crossed and their family members have crossed so they didn't reach out to us asking how to prepare they reached out to their family members hey how did you prepare how did you do this? What can you tell me of, you know, walking through the desert? And I thought that was, that was pretty like, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That was pretty awesome because, you know, like Jacqueline said, like a lot of us, you know, didn't hear about, you know, our, our family members, like history and story and stuff like that. So like to be able to ask and, and connect that way, like a lot of people too, that we've heard from, like, they've been able to connect deeper with their family mm-hmm. coming out to these drops and, you know it like opens up the conversation yeah and, and families yeah. actually get stronger because someone's come out with us and like they can talk about it and they they see that oh wow like you're helping people who came across like me and uh, it's just a beautiful thing that we do you know yeah i feel like it's definitely cathartic and it's just almost therapeutic right i mean mm-hmm. whether it's for family uh family members that like myself that i'm a first generation that i know multiple family members and we do hear sort of like the around stories right like oh and then i crossed and then you just sort of skip it's always like well i came to the border and then i crossed and now i'm here it's always like you mentioned a whole um and a lot of that i feel like it's important to also realize that we know it wasn't easy right we don't take it for granted but it is a difficult conversation and a lot of times with people like that you know people will cross and they did lose people crossing or they did see some really really terrible things and and for that i mean it's um like you mentioned those supplies are more than just uh water right like Mm -hmm. we've all been thirsty but it life or death is completely different than just being kind of thirsty on a summer day you know which is why it's so important and but also important that you guys are keeping this program up i mean you've had challenges but it's uh, very admirable that despite all that you're just because you know the consequence right like it's a kind of a lose-lose right like you know that it's it's that much worse, especially when sort of the world's falling apart. It's usually when you start seeing the numbers of more people trying to cross over, right? For lack of resources or lack of um, uh, money or anything like that. So it's it's hard. It's hard, but it's it's good destigmatization to have these conversations, to have these programs in the up in the front, to be like, hey, listen, we're just it's people helping people at the end of the day, right? Uh, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, like the fact that it's controversial. To some yeah, it's people. insane. Yeah, well, not to mention I mean, the fact. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say to mention the fact that you see the videos and pictures of uh, border patrol agents, you know, destroying some of the supplies and things like that. It's insane to think, like, hey, listen, this isn't about you're right or I'm right. This is about just trying to help someone survive, which is insane that it has to be politicized. 
right? At the end of the day, we just want people to survive. And it's shitty that it has to go the way that it does, but um, that's why the work you guys do is so important, you know? That's why we're out there. Yeah. I know, and like the, the politi- politicizing of it now, because we've now done it, this is the third president. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we've seen too much and nothing change. Of course. Like with like the way that immigration is always used as like a bargaining chip and like a like a ploy and like a like a political tool by both parties, you know? Of course, yeah. And um and there we go like watching everything and it's like hey, well people are still dying. People are dying like over here with like the Biden administration, one of the things that we're experiencing is that like, we don't have like the level of support that we used to have. Um, it used to be that like during the Trump administration, we had to turn so many people down to like come and volunteer for us because it was like, they first heard that like there was a crisis at the border for the first time in their lives. And like, yeah. and that's cool and all that they saw something they wanted to like respond to it. Um, but the most deaths on record have occurred under the Biden administration. Of course, yeah. And so it's sort of like created this cloak of like um, <laughs> apathy. Yeah, like apathy on, yeah. on, on the cause. And and we still have to operate and, and it's with less attention. It's with less support. It's with less like, I mean, we had so much media during the, the Trump administration. Like we had to turn down so much media, like wanting to come out to the border. And then now it's sort of like not trending yeah of course. and that it's a horrible way to think about it but that's the way that it goes and operationally it just makes it difficult because we're trying to like bring light to like the severity that this is not the crisis is only getting worse and worse and worse and worse it has not like changed with any president and whether anyone's listening or not it just always goes up and down regard based on the news cycle and like whether immigrants are being used like by say like democrats in order to um like gain support in a way or like by the right to like demonize them to get support in a way but um it's it's been it's been difficult the way that it's been politicized um we would love to be like just a purely humanitarian aid organization doing like unfortunately it's political because like it wouldn't we wouldn't have to do this if it wasn't for politics. You know what I'm saying? And, but it's not so simple. Like there's, there's basically like nobody helping this cause in like a material way, like in this government. Um, And that's what we really want, you know, on the, on the first priority that we have hundred percent is get water and food to people that are crossing. So they have a chance at living on the second priority is like shining light on like the absolutely devastating corruption and hypocrisy that happens on the border and like how sick the country is with regards to the border and like everything to to do with immigration. So um, it's just like, it doesn't heal. It just keeps getting worse. That's yeah. it, It keeps getting worse. And, you know, I mean, going back and forth from like, you know, a Democrat or Republican, you know, presidential administration, I mean, you got things like it's happening no matter who. Oh, yeah. And also, it's sometimes worse when you think like the quote unquote blue is on it, right? Because that's that's one of the big issues that people think like, you know, vote blue no matter who, because 
we're the good guys and blah, blah, blah. And they'll have these things like uh, women's rights and uh, immigration rights and things like that as a carrot in front of people to be like, hey, see, we're the nice guys. If you vote for us, we'll do all these things. And then they get elected and then somehow the numbers are way worse than they ever were. Or like now the Trump wall is now being refunded and uh, Mm -hmm. I believe it's coming back. All of that is coming back. So it's like, well, then what was it? Like, I thought we were... I thought we did it. I thought we got the bad guy out of, right? Because that's kind of how they put it. It's us, it's us versus them kind of thing. When really, it's really just them, you know, just- All of them. <laughs> all of them against us, really, when it comes yeah. down to it. They're just, to them, it's a game. It's a job. They're just trying to win, not necessarily make a difference because their job is to win. And we're all left, you know, with these promises. And now, like you mentioned, it's not trendy. So they push it away, not because it was fixed, but because it's like, hey- we're moving on to the next thing, right? And that's not to say that there isn't other issues because there's so many, but that doesn't take away from the issues that we still feel so close to and that we're trying to fix. So yeah, unfortunately, it's it's one of the many problems in our government, whether local, yeah. federally, and things like that. But it's yeah. not a blue thing or a red thing because yeah. since the the fences you know started being built and everything back in '94, that was a blue president. Yeah, we've had exactly. now we're on our third blue president yeah. and only had two red presidents during that time yeah. yet shit's at an all-time high it's yeah. it's the worst it's ever been and it's not a red thing or blue thing it's a green thing it's all about the green yeah it's always oh, been yeah. about oh, yeah. all, all of you know politicians get breaded off and so that's why if it's not a physical fence it's billion dollars of technology yeah. and we've seen that you know even like right after you know well actually right as biden you know was in like the first weekend afterwards out there in the desert doing a large drop see all these brand new like telescope towers with all this like digital surveillance because said oh all construction is going to stop but what they make up with this digital wall yeah yeah and you know now mexico's getting you know 1.5 billion dollars to to do stuff on on that side that's just doing the us's you know bidding yeah of course yeah you know it's never going to change as long as you know u.s politics is u.s politics it's that's that's the thing people say like oh the politics are broken i'm like oh man they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing they're only helping the people in charge right and they're screwing us over they're happy when we're mad at each other over silly things right like they want a culture war they want a division between red and blue because they think that oh if we're distracted with that then they can do whatever they want and then Nothing gets done. Again, at the end of the day, when it comes down to humanitarian things and issues, whether it's like no water in Flint, Michigan, or the issues at the border, none of that is getting fixed. And they both use it as juggling tools for votes, but nothing's helping. And this is, again, when your program comes in and programs like it, right? Like you're taking it to your own hands to be like, okay, well, fuck that. (laughs) We're going to do this. We're going to try to make as much of a difference as we can because otherwise no one else will right if you don't do it then no one will and i think that's the kind of message that people need to hear like hey listen you know this isn't right let's do something about it right like let's not sit on our hands you can make the difference and sometimes we're made to feel small like well i'm just one person what can i possibly do but you know when being part of something bigger we can all make a difference i think that's important Jack kind of said to it earlier that you know, like under you know the Trump administration, you know people were you know like 
more inclined to want to do stuff. And then, you know, after, you know, when's in there, you start killing off even like the, the support, like in person or, or, you know, in kind with donations and stuff like that has tapered off because also it doesn't make the news every day. Of course. Is that trend? So much before yeah. that was a, a talking point every day for Trump. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you had the people like, I mean, we had like massive amount of people like reaching out, like want to come out because, you know, everybody was fuck Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like How once... many people showed up to the water drop? Like oh. after it was like 500 people or something? Yeah, right after <laughs> Trump was elected, there was a water drop like with like a week and a half afterwards, I think it was mm-hmm. or something like that. And we had the, we had almost 500 people show up. Shit. That was a lot of people. And now we're like rolling with like 10. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we get like 10 and people get complacent with stuff and they think, you know, well, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't do this because like I voted for, for Biden and like, you know, everything's supposed to be better, but like, I'll admit that things aren't better. And like, you know, people like that, that red panic button, like, what do you, which decision do you make is harder, you know? And it's like, no, just care about people and go out there and help people. And that's what we do. Like, I hate all politicians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, they're, not help me. they're not helping me on my day to day. You know what I mean? Yeah, saying? exactly. So it's like, you know, just go out there because you care about people and you want to help people. Yeah. And if you want to do that, come out with us. We always say we're going to be out there as, until we don't have to be. Like, whether that's in our lifetime, whether that's in our daughter's lifetime, like when that is, like, we can be hopeful, but we are just committed and just like doing the thing. And yeah, we have like, you know, our personal views people that come out have their personal views and it's just like the most important thing is just that we don't stop and like I think like kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning like when you come up when you live and you see all this violence it's really really difficult um to assimilate it so you just kind of push it to the side and the difficult thing about like once you stop pushing it to the side and you start like peeling the layers back of this shit and how fucked up like the things, not just that we've witnessed, that our families witnessed, that like we've turned like our eye to because we had to. Yeah. Like once you start seeing everything clearly, it is so you can't walk away yeah. from it. There's like you can't put it down. You know, like yeah. it's it's really really life altering to immerse yourself in like just the magnitude of shit that's brought us here. Like how calculated by the government it is that things are the way that they are, the depth of evil, the depth of violence. And like, all of, I mean, like literally starting in people's home countries. A lot of this stuff starts outside of the US, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the quote unquote, like American agenda, the immigration American agenda starts way before they even get close to the border. Right. absolutely like the destabilization of countries like u.s interventions like i mean just the colonialism and imperialism all of these things that continue to this day yeah. um and like the u.s and other nations but like the u.s that is involved in like mining the world of its resources you know and like like these like nobody wants to leave where they're from of course, definitely yeah. nobody wants to flee where they're from you know what i'm saying and like kind of like what you were talking about in the beginning it's like you know nobody's just crossing the desert or for like yeah whatever it's like, not, even it's not an easy decision no and like it's kind of it that's the part that just drives me nuts is like it's 2022 and like the people that have an opposition of immigration like are still rolling with like that same tired narrative of like 
cutting the line or or yeah. wanting an easy way in or something that there's not even just like an like an easy way in. there's no way yeah. and there's not really a way for people to remain so it's like what do they want people to do stay in their homelands that have been made unlivable or at least for them at least for people like in their standing you know mm. something push them out and or do they flee and where do they flee to? And this is one of those things that's just going to get where we're just aware of it and are dreading it and are getting ready for it. It's just the global migration crisis intensifying with things like climate change and the like collapse of multiple economies, including the U S like global pandemics. And just like, you know, these things that are inevitabilities like, um, these economic and collapses, you know, climate change, fueling global migration and things that are unexpected, like a pandemic, you know, but all of these things like working together to create like this crisis point that we're at. And unfortunately we haven't seen the worst of it um, where people like all over the world are gonna find where they're originally from unlivable. And I think like the, like Americans don't really realize that. I think we're like at like the beginning point as much yeah. as like, you know, we're like in this point where things feel so hectic and so terrible. And like, I'm seeing people that have never in their lives talked about anything to do with like discontent with like their social standing. It just so happens to be the people with the most privilege, right? Yeah, of course, you yeah. see them now being like, I want to leave the US, like, fuck this. <laughs> like, look at what the Supreme Court's doing. And that's legit. But like, that is like a tiny little mm-hmm. taste oh, yeah. of what people are going through to push them through the fucking desert. So like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's so infuriating and it's just like, we haven't seen like even the beginning of it, unfortunately. So kind of like what you said, people are like, oh, I'm just one person, but we're all we have. Oh, we're all we have, like our little group, like I said, like of 10 people, sometimes that come out, seven people. How, like you guys have like had small groups recently um the other like last week yesterday it was like 10 or 11 um the week before was like eight so those are groups of eight to ten people yeah we are the only group hiking supplies into the california borderlands the only one like the entire california border we're the only there's water stations that does awesome work in the imperial valley where they set up stations where they supply with gallons very necessary but as far as hiking supplies into where they're supposed to go, we're it. Yeah. And like, so no one person is too small because like, we're just a couple of people and we need help, you know, yeah. because yeah. what if we had that attitude where we were just like, well, I'm just one person. That's just one person. I don't know what I'm doing or like, whatever. It would be understandable, but like, we're all this area has and we're just regular people. So Sometimes I think like when you think about these things like global migration crisis, you know, colonialism, like this history of like thing, like, um, you know, the police state that has occurred, border militarization, like these big, big, big concepts and terms that are so scary to wrap our heads around um, that we start getting paralyzed, especially as we're all like doom scrolling on our phones, right? And it's just like a crisis after crisis after crisis that we just start feeling really tiny and like paralyzed. And so I think the only way that like we've been able to get through it is doing this one thing yeah. and just doing it without stopping. 
and just doing it without stopping. And like, no matter what, we're just going to keep going. And, and it's been hard. It's been hard as like things have, you know, it was 2018 and 2019 when the caravans were arriving, big caravans, big caravans were arriving that we were really involved in crossing the border and, and doing shelter work and, and, and that kind of thing. And then for a lot of reasons stopped because it just, became overwhelming. Some things happened like within our control. Some things weren't out of our control as far as like going down there. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but sure. like, um, we were like, okay, in order to just keep doing this, cause we are all this area has got, we're yeah. just going to do the desert and we're going to do it well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're the, I mean, like you said, the only ones out there and it's, you know, it, it really puts things into perspective. Like, how much of an impact you can have and, and people want to talk about like you know yeah like you know, she said that things are starting to like you know not starting but you know like things are you know exponentially getting worse in in the u.s you know and you know people are always talking about this like yeah like i want to leave the u.s or burn it down or this and that it's like well you know revolutions start by caring about your community oh, of course, and take care of your community yeah. and if you want to do that that's a good place to start and yeah, we were, you know, 2018, 2019, we were stretching ourselves out very thin. Like we'd be in the desert and it wasn't just once a month because once a month was a big group, but we'd be out there a lot because, you know, we'd always be scouting, we'd be learning, we'd be getting a feel for things. We're trying to connect dots, like everything. And then we'd go, you know, right after or like the next day, you know, across the border and help out in shelters and, and take food and supplies and, um, you know it it got to a point you know at the uh at the end of like 2018 and you know i i, I started getting you know fucking with the government ended up being on a watch list yeah. uh you know like with like the i think it was like 30 of us or something like that like activists the yeah. uh, you know journalists lawyers stuff like that and uh so that that dramatically changed you know going down south of the border and it allowed us to focus more on the desert. And, you know, it, it's one of those things like, you know, it's fucked up what happened. And, you know, six months later, you know, the, the U.S. and Mexico are making this, you know, big trade deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, once the U.S. government got called out for, you know, harassing and interrogating all of us, yeah. they backed off. Mexico basically bought that list. And, you know, started, you know, deporting people, lawyers, um, you know, you know, activists, journalists, all that, that were in Mexico, uh, you know, interrogating us for, you know, trying to go into Mexico, uh, you know, like taking hours with us, you know, asking us all these questions, you know, like simple questions like, hey, like, what are you doing on your trip to Mexico to like, do you have weapons training? Do you have weapons like in your home? Like all this type of stuff is, and it made it like, I mean, that was their, their like deterrence or, or whatever, but it, it helped us focus on the desert at, at a time when, you know, we needed to be out there. We didn't know at the time that like how important, like say today going, you know, three years, spending so much time in the desert was going to end up paying off to now that we have like all these areas planned, mapped out. We know where people are crossing. We know where to leave the supplies and, you know, getting fucked with sucks and you know it's still you know from time to time you know we get followed around and 
you know, a few months back, I had like an undercover board patrol truck try to like run me off the road. And, you know, we noticed like undercover, you know, trucks like parked around our home or at my work. Um, you know, this shit doesn't stop. Um, but it, you know, like I said, it allowed us to do the work and, and, you know, it, if you want to call it a blessing in disguise, you know, that it helped us yeah. focus. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of the things that come with, um, the, with the work you guys do, right. All the negative thing that comes with it. Unfortunately, it is like you said, a blessing in disguise, but it is sort of like this, like, Hey, you're headed the right way, <laughs> right? The more things they throw at you, it's more like, Hey, we are making a difference, right? They are. Right. And it's, it's not necessarily something you look for, like, Hey, look at that. You know, it's not like a perk that you get, but it's, it's like, okay, we are making an impact and they are noticing. And as long as you focus on what you are doing, which is the most important thing and what matters, everything else is just there right uh, the harassment it's really unfortunate it sucks to hear that everything you have that you guys have to go through because i'm sure it's not a walk in the park uh whether it's i mean anything from taking off a saturday to be able to do the hikes and things like that or the harassment you guys have to go through these things aren't easy but the fact that that will still pushing you past that and being like this is important there's bigger things right like the, they say think globally act locally you guys are you guys are there with it and yeah, the revolution isn't going to start on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's going to start. It's <laughs> on the ground. It's going to start. It, not to say that, you know, social media definitely helps. It helps reach out to people. It helps out. Yeah. helps to make flyers and people be aware of each other and the organizations that are helping. But it's boots on the ground that's really going to make a difference. And not a badge of honor to, to have all this, you know, like pointed against us. But yeah, that, that shows how important the work is, like you said. Yeah. When we first started and we didn't know what we were doing and we were just leaving water by the road because we didn't know where to leave it. And like, you know, we wouldn't really, I mean, like gallons would get slashed and stuff because they were like in areas that there was like a lot of surveillance, like, I mean, there's surveillance everywhere. So, I mean, it's not even that. Um, I think like we didn't start receiving like pushback pushback until we started getting really effective so like you said like it, it's just like a okay i see you kind of thing <laughs> like we see each other and and it's you know i don't think we could no i know we can't walk away from it now um what we strive just me and james and we do this intentionally we want to create an environment that's safe for everybody to come and participate in to engage in this work and to not have to take on more than they need to you know like you said like taking a saturday that's a lot like that's a lot taking a saturday strapping all that weight to your back and like like heading out in the desert when the heat and the cold and the wind and the whatever that's a lot so we want people to have the space to be able to engage with this work and not have to take on all of that weight you know so everything gets like like we supply delta supplies we'll supply everything you know we'll help train whoever wants to come and get trained um all of that other stuff like of getting like just like it's already heavy you know to just come and do that so we just want to create 
like within such demanding work, like a safe environment so people can come engage with this work. Um, we know we're never gonna <laughs> walk away. We've seen way too much. Um, it's not possible. Like you hit a point of no return and we hit that years ago. <laughs> so, um, but we don't, it's not that we don't want that for people. We don't want that to be necessary for people to come find out for themselves, yeah, you know? So it's like, it's, we have it. So the, everything, the water drops are opt-in, you know, um, as people become more engaged with this work, engaged with like our little micro community, like then everybody just approaches us like, Hey, like I'm good this week and this week I'll be coming out. And then that way, like people aren't getting burnt out because this is like, it's beyond a marathon. This is life. Yeah. You know, so giving people like that freedom to opt in, opt out, um, I think has been like the healthiest approach for us. So, um, so yeah, I think that's the best way that I could put kind of like how we go about things now. Yeah, there is no, like you do hit a point of no return and, you know, I, I don't know, you know, everybody has their own point, but I mean, unfortunately, you know, we've, you know, we, we've seen, you know, children's bones out there. We've seen adult bones. We've run into people who are, you know, desperate and that you can see in their eyes that like, it's either they get the supplies or that's it. Like we've, we've been, you know, on active search calls, like Jacqueline, you know, handles those um, like emergency calls that people are actively lost and, and, you know, talking with family members where people are actively lost and in need of trouble, you know, in need of help because they're in trouble. And unfortunately we weren't able to get there in time. So like you hold on to stuff like that. So it's, you don't walk away. And yeah, it was even asked of me when like we, you know, told the team like, Hey, like, you know, Hey, we're having a kid. Everybody's like, Oh, great. You know, everybody's excited and everything like that. And then I get hit with this question. Well, Who's gonna do this work now if you guys are walking away from it? I'm like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> like, it, it, it doesn't happen. Once you, if you care about it enough, you don't walk away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Find a way. Like, like you mentioned, with things that you've seen, it just sort of really pushes you down more down the rabbit hole, right? Like you're just like, oh, yes. this work, and now you just have more evidence of why the work matters and why it's important and why you can't stop. And and it is one of those things that I mean, at the end of the day you know, your mental health is very important, but there's also this drive behind it that it's like, yes, it is. And you, there's ways to go around of it, but the work is important and it is, it has to be done. And that's so admirable. Honestly, both of you, um, it's, it's great to see that there is the drive out there, right? We all, like I said, people care, we all care, but unfortunately a lot of us maybe haven't found the right way to help or how to give back. So besides the work that you do in the desert, you're also giving people that little bit of escape. I mean, I know that's not why you do it, but I'm sure you're giving people sort of a breath, right? Of being able to have something in control and be like, hey, at least I'm trying to help. I'm, I'm trying it, it, to- It's a it place help. to channel it for sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. And that's important. Again, not the reason you do the program. There's a lot more to it, but that's got to help a lot of people to be like, hey, I, I want to help. And, and maybe it's a stepping stone to something bigger or, or like their own program or maybe finding something different, you know, but whatever it is, it's good that it's a safe space for people just sort of like to, like you said, channel, channel all the energy, channel the 
the rage we all have of the why things are the way they are, but it's good to use it productively and go for a hike, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's things, there's so many problems going on in the world today and in the United States. It's like, okay, so immigration is not your thing. Hiking in the desert is not your thing. Mm -hmm. Find a way to help somehow. Uh, some yeah. Many, many causes out there, yeah. many issues. And we always say, like, hey, like, if, if everybody just, you know, kind of, you know, chipped in a little bit for the community and everybody helped a little bit, like, maybe things wouldn't be quite so bad. Yeah. I, that's naive I to think. But I, I, I think the community helps. I don't think we'd be so easily fucked with. Yeah. 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 You, you know what I mean? I don't think we'd be so easily, like, manipulated. And, like, I don't mean individually, but, like, I mean, like, as a whole, like, it's starting, it has been feeling like, you know, you watch all of this, like, political like theater go on and you already know what it is it's like just yeah. like like the way that they're just playing games yeah. um yeah. Yeah. and uh, i forgot what i was gonna say with it. <laughs> no, but you're right on i feel like a lot of us are just also jaded right because it's not like we jaded yeah it's not like we don't know we're being fucked with right it's not like we don't know right we're kind of what are we going to do kind of thing we're all just like well that's just the way things are and it used to be that people defended this right there was a lot more propaganda yeah. of like no we're the best and blah 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 a lot now with the activism that we've seen is more people are aware of it but now we're at this point of just sort of like apathy or like jaded right? yeah and yeah. that's also a little scary because it's like no like let's let's do something and you mentioned you know helping with another programs there's so much intersectionality between like what the problem is at the border as just like with what happened with the Supreme court right at the end of the day there is a bigger picture that is the real enemy and mm -hmm. and and the more we see that again maybe immigration might not be a priority for you or whatever you might feel more attached to other issues they are all related in one way or another you know mm -hmm. and helping those helping each other will give you a better perspective of like, oh shit, like, you know, people just want to do better for their family or people just want something better. And that goes a long way, you know? So yeah, it's it's a shame that we are jaded. I feel like my generation, especially, we're just so burnt out because all we do is doom scroll. Like, I mean, I grew up to the point, I mean, I'm from, I was born in the nineties, late nineties. And from the thousands over, it was always like, oh, another tragedy and another one and another one and another one. It gets to the point that you're just like, it, you get a little numb almost. And it sounds so 100%. horrible to say it because it does hurt to see shitty things happen. But then you're just like, okay. And then a week after that, we'll have another one. So you kind of just sort of forget about that one. You know? Growing up in the age of 9-11. Yeah. It's well, old we, we were like barely coming into our adulthood. Yeah. As 9-11. So we remember the before times. Exactly. See, I, you know? I just remember seeing on TV and kind of my memories start from that point on. You know what That's I mean? It's just, cool. yeah, because it's like, we all remember where we were, right? But for mm -hmm. me, it's like, oh, yeah. And then the more I look back, it's like, wow, that's one of my first core memories. Damn. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's like, shit. And yeah, and then everything that's happened after that. So it's it's some bombardment all the time like every 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 week it's something different yeah exactly week, you know, it's a it's a cop shooting it's a yeah you know a mass shooting it's you know a, yeah like uh some global crisis of a country invading another country and and bombings this and that and you know starvation and you know everybody just if that's by design yeah. too yeah. like the overwhelm 
is 100% by design. And like, I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> the <laughs> the like kind of anecdote to that is community. Yeah. Is, you know what I mean? Like, so you don't just numb out. And I noticed, especially with COVID, like, and, and, and because COVID happened, people, I think, became more isolated and isolation breeds more isolation. And then I think we have like this false sense of community because we're all like engaging with the same tragedies like on our phone, but we're not like, it's not even about getting into a solution together. It's literally like convening. Like it's literally like being in community with one another. And I don't think that if we were so like isolated on our own individual little islands that we would be so easily fucked with. Like, I think like it, like, we would be more of a force. You know, I see like these things go on about like, oh, this country did this, like, um, and they were able to accomplish such. And like, I just feel like as a American society, we're so far removed from that ability so far. Like we're so isolated from each other. How are we supposed to organize if we don't even like really engage with one another like that? And I, I think like whatever it is that to go and put your little grain of sand in like gets you in community with people that think like you and it gets you like in that physical like space with people that agree with you and have heart like you and I think that can build upon itself that's all we can do you know so it, it's powerful in a lot of different ways but just like we have to stop like the the anesthetizing of it that happens. And I, and I talk about that, like, you know, from the first point that we shared, like there's anesthetizing that occurs when you like are amidst a lot of violence. Um, some of us it's coming from border communities. Some of us it's coming from like certain neighborhoods or like whatever, and you just have to find a way to move on. So you just make it normal. And I feel like we're just experiencing that now socially at like a grand scale where everybody's just like, fuck it. That's just the way that it is. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go do my thing. And we can't do that. But unfortunately, like the reality of engaging with it is very painful. Yeah, so it really is. And there's also like a lot of infighting, right? With a lot of people that like, because no, like this, um, people say that this cost is maybe a little more important at the time, or it's this, it's that. And it's like, well, it's all of it, right? Like, like there isn't one that's worse. It is all shit it's all it's all bad and it all needs a and especially with a lot of people again my generation that like are very want to get involved and there's almost this like sort of a activism FOMO right well it's like no I I do want to help and I'm helping but then this new thing comes up and it's like well like should I like turn over to this now like because maybe I can help here and you know and, and a lot of the jumping around comes in virtual signaling things like that but it's like I think that's why it's important to find something that you believe in something you want to help with and stick to it, you know, and, and just try to be part of it, try to engage in the community, like you said, and because helping that will inevitably help the other things, you know, and, and if you have the, you know, a lot of time and go help everything, but I'm just saying, for a starting point, it's good to sort of anchor on an issue and try to do as much as you can with that. And then move from there. Because again, this sort sure. of FOMO of wanting to be wanting to be on the right side of history but there's so many things happening. It's like, you can't, you can't possibly be giving it a hundred percent to everything that's happens every day. 
and in the right way right in the right like, way the right way like you have to do it in the right way yeah. and you have to be in the right cause oh, and you yeah. have to be talking about everything yeah. like people have come at us sideways like why aren't you talking about this why aren't you talking about this oh, you yeah. only talk about immigration like i thought you were an activist and i'm like i never fucking call myself an activist yeah. i'm just a regular border girl that's out here just doing whatever yeah. like and people have come at us like real crazy like like and it's not that we don't care about these other things oh no of course yeah. this is our this is this is our path this is our space like this is the one thing that we have dedicated ourselves to and like you said it's all connected so if we just all like tug at our threads like you can actually take shit apart like if you everybody's doing it though yeah. um if we're all just jumping around like because we don't want to be a bad person who doesn't care about such and doesn't care about that like it's all the same system. Like, like if everybody's dismantling it from different angles, like we'd have a lot more um, success, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's what people really have to sort of see it as, right? Like there is one big <laughs> bad guy. I mean, it sounds so, um, it, it doesn't sound great, but it, there is one big issue, yeah. right? Like whether we call it capitalism or you call it greed or you call it whatever, whatever you want to call it, there is yeah. one big issue um, and tugging it from different angles is the way that's going to help. But yeah, I, I agree. Sure. Like throwing yourself to something that you truly believe in and fighting for it and sticking to it is a great way to start and truly make a difference. You know, that's where the revolution starts. That's where things get serious. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, James, Jacqueline. This has been such <laughs> such an amazing oh, conversation. Yeah. It's been so much fun. Um, uh, like I said, I'm, I really do admire everything you guys do. And I hope to be able to make it out to... Uh, when that was the, my uh, next question when are you coming oh i'd love to i know that you're having one on the 23rd yeah if you want to come out on the 23rd come out yeah i'd love if, to do that if, yeah. yeah if you can't make i'll text you but yeah. like so the 23rd is an option and then if for whatever reason that one's not we'll text about it but like yeah uh, it's the promo on the podcast too I'm like every <laughs> no, month sure. we're gonna be having this yeah. opportunity because that's what's been missing is like just yeah. people from the community that weren't raised in the outdoors that don't necessarily have all this gear that are feeling intimidated to come and like you know Just jump in this work where we where they actually need to be centered so like yeah yeah, yeah all no, right I mean, like, there's, out there yeah diverse skills <laughs> i mean everybody's can give a give back one way or another you know but again thank you so much for this conversation where can we find you guys where can we hear about all the drops or any way that we can help and give back yeah um both of us we have you know our own instagram accounts and then the organization that we work for um you want to give your personal yeah my personal instagram is awa.aujas and um mine's at brolo el cordero okay and then border kindness is just border kindness across all social media um instagram is like we're um we stay really active program wise yeah. and we're also people can learn about all of the work the organization is doing because we just talked about the water drop program this oh, is yeah, like order yeah. kindness is, is based in mexico so it's based in mexicali yeah so there's not to mention like the health clinic that is serving the community the shelter aid the school like all of the work that they're doing in Baja california like if people just follow border kindness like they'll be able to really engage with like all the amazing things that the organization is doing as a whole yeah yeah for sure yeah, that's amazing. Again, uh, you guys, people helping people, and that's really what it comes down to, you know, just helping your community and just finding something that means something to you because that's how things will change because things will change. Like, 
at the end of the day, things will change and things will get better, but you know, it'll happen a lot faster if we all give back. So, well, thank you for, for having these conversations and, and having us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Honestly, very eye-opening. And trust me, I, I, it's one of those things where you have a conversation and it's like, damn, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it really gets you going. And I think that's important. Um, so it's, it's, we're going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> do it, do it. Cause that's, that's how we all do it. You know what I mean? But, right on. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope we do thank it again. You. you know, I'd love to do a post, uh, post event interview. That'd be great. Too. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. No, After you. Cool. yeah, let's that'd have like cool. a, a debrief. Before you come out, you're yeah, from San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah, San Diego. Okay, who's your baseball team? The baseball Padres. Why? Okay, okay. That, that, oh, hey, oh, I, I don't know if you can see it right there. Oh, there you go. Okay, there okay, okay. Go. <laughs> okay. 